Hello, everybody. It is your boy, Kyle Conkeel, back with another episode of the podcast. Um, so it's been a pretty productive week for the podcast. Um, as you're going to hear, my interview with Ash uh, Pearson from Revocation, X3 Inches, a blood drummer. And uh, the day after I recorded this podcast, I was lucky enough to get Mr. Phil Labonte from All That Remains. Um, and uh, that was a that was a pretty ridiculous podcast. I mean, the podcast you're about to listen to is pretty ridiculous, but the one with Phil Labonte is pretty ridiculous as well. Um, and also, I kind of just wanted to come on here um, before the podcast starts. I'm not going to go have a crazy long intro like I normally do, um, but I just wanted to warn you guys of. Some content that will be at the end of the show. Uh, you'll hear in my conversation with Ass, Ass, Ash. You'll hear in my conversation with Ash that we mention um, this audio that we, me and a few other guys in the in the music biz have called Mario the Cop, and I've decided to put it at the end of the podcast. So after the podcast ends. Uh, that's when that will start. So if that's not something you're interested in listening to, I would advise turning off the podcast. Um, but I wanted to put it at the end of the episode so that way you had some context of where we were coming from. And I also want to reiterate the statement that I will mention in the podcast that I am in no way, shape, or form mocking, making fun of um, anything whatsoever in the LGBTQ community. I'm very pro-LGBTQ. Um, and I just, that's just an, another statement I wanted to, um, I wanted to reiterate. Uh, now you'll hear me say this again in the podcast. It's the one liners that just get me and Ash and Jed and pretty much anybody who has this audio and, uh, you know, uh, Turbo Negro has it on one of their records. It's the very last song. I'm going to use the the track that Ash was given and then sent to me, which the Turbo Negro one has music in the background of it. This one does not. So you get to hear all the one-liners from Mario the Cop at the end. So I typically wouldn't put like a warning in front of a podcast, but it, it is very graphic. And if you're listening around children, I wouldn't. It's a uh, very graphic adult content. Very inappropriate for, I mean, anyone <laughs> under the age of probably 25. <laughs> so again, I just wanted to to warn you guys because I will be putting it at the end of the podcast. All right, so enough enough about Mario the Cop. I will say, I want to thank each and every one of you that not only has been ordering from my online store for the past few months, um, but to ev- anyone who went and pre-ordered the CyberConk 2020 t-shirt. Uh, at the time that this airs, those should be probably out in the mail, hopefully, either from the printer to me or from me to you. I'm hoping from me to you. 
and uh, by the time this one comes out, hopefully I'll be able to announce. Well, I mean, I'm not really announcing it, but there'll be some. There'll be two new picks up in the store. Uh, I like the Cyberconk design so much, I made it into a guitar pick, and uh, I held a competition over Instagram for a couple of fans who designed some picks for me, and I did a poll, and the winner of that was uh, Germany's own Janik Lukin, and I got the proofs back. I, I sent the proofs to him. He seemed very excited. So those should be up in the store around the time that this airs as well. So be on the lookout for that. Um, I'm not sure how much longer I'm going to keep any t-shirts up in the store. Uh, when I first started doing it, they were doing really well. I think I might have just oversaturated <laughs> the market. I should have maybe just had maybe one or two designs. But no, I went and did three. And then I did a limited edition fourth design. It's, you know, maybe it was just a little bit too much. So I'm just going to stick to uh, guitar picks and... Uh, and sign pictures from now on, but I will be sure to announce when I will be taking the t-shirts off of the website. So uh, I'll do a full announcement, and I will make sure that there is at least one more order before I take them down, so that way if you haven't been able to get any Conky t-shirt merch, you will be able to. So yeah, there you have it. I'm going to shut up now. I mean, that's why I called the podcast just STFU. Because I'm just sitting here in my bedroom looking at a Baby Yoda crocheted thing. Just mumbling to myself, basically. And I just need to shut the fuck up and uh, get on with this podcast. So please, enjoy my podcast episode with the deadly Ash Pearson. Get out of here with that shit. I'm going to start recording on the podcast, and then I'm going to start... Yeah, keep boop boop. And I'm going to start... All right, we are recording Ash. I think we'll get along just fine, guy. Yeah, boy. (laughs) (laughs) So today I have with me the awesome Ash Pearson, former drummer of Three Inches of Blood, current drummer of Revocation, which I'm actually a um, super big fan of. I've met I've met David a few times. Um, me yeah. and him actually got really drunk at Duff's in New York City. Yep. Probably. We were doing a tattoo convention, and it was Doc's idea 
because we were I don't remember exactly where we were playing but we played a ta- tattoo convention in New York and he's like yo let's go to Duff's and I'm just like yeah yeah, yeah we're yep. definitely fucking going to Duff's and he was there and uh, yeah we had a great time we just geeked out about fucking death metal that's awesome Have you, did you ever go to Duff's at the old location no I've, I've only been to one location where it's like there's kind of like a few stairs that go down <laughs> go down yeah yeah and it's yeah. like honestly like I really wish that there was like a Duff's type of thing in in LA. I mean, yeah, there's the mm-hmm. rainbow or whatever, but I feel like the rainbow is like Oh well. Uh, yeah. I yeah. mean, when I started going to the rainbow, fuck, I started going there when I was seventeen. Nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> it it's it first of all, it's not the same, and I guess you could say that about a lot of different, you know, things that, you know, you've been to a lot. But like mm-hmm. I went there in March right before the pandemic and I don't know, it just wasn't just wasn't as fun as it used to be. Maybe I'm just getting old. Right. Maybe. <laughs> that Hey, I don't I don't doubt that at all. I mean, I th- I think about that when I go to uh to shows and stuff like that, you know, I'm like, "Yeah, this isn't as f- I I just I guess I just have a different relationship with it now, you know? Yeah. Be it shows or or clubs. Uh, I mean, there's some places that I just every time I go back, I absolutely love it. And then some places where I'm like, yeah, I remember liking this more when I was 16 or something like that, you know? Yeah. And yeah, it's, it, maybe it's an, with age come, comes wisdom kind of thing. Maybe it's just that your tastes change. I, I'm not sure what it is, but I feel you, man. Yeah. So we met sort of briefly, kind of, when we were doing the Mayhem Fest 2010. 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. yeah. You, you, were, you were playing with Three Inches of Blood. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't do much research because sometimes I just kind of like to go into podcasts a little bit blind. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, um, oh, hang on one second. Yeah. But yeah, I remember me- I remember meeting you, and I remember hanging out on that on that trip. Chris, right? Jeff, Fab, um, you know, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, your your bandmates or whatever. I remember. Yeah. I remember you three guys, and everyone was really cool, really nice. I remember because you guys had like uh, that was the first time I ever saw the bandwagons. And for people who don't yeah. know, um, a bandwagon is basically a converted RV into like a mini tour bus. Because mm-hmm. um, tour buses are really fucking expensive. And sorry about that. Yeah. I just had to turn off my air purifier. I forgot mm. that it's really is it, it can get, it can it, get really loud in my microphone. <laughs> is it a Dyson? Uh, I don't know what it is. I got it off Amazon. <laughs> cool. But uh yeah, that was the first time I ever saw a bandwagon and I remember um you know, obviously, you know, you guys had a really big song with the Deadly Sinners. Yeah. Um and I knew you guys from that and I bought that album and I just remember I'm like, "Yo, this is like a really 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 dope album." Yeah. And I, when I I was surprised to see you guys that you didn't have like the more power metally, or no, no, you did. It was there was there there wasn't as as much screaming as on the on that record, and I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? Like these guys as like a like kind of like a power like thrash band, mm-hmm. I I like appreciated it more. I think mm-hmm. there was just I don't know. It was a, it was a really dope vibe. All you guys were super dope. Uh, you know, Shane, Cam, Justin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember drinking a lot of Jägermeister with you guys. <laughs> yeah, 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 I remember. I remember that too. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember how hot it was that summer? I mean, 
it was blazing. We were we were all playing out in the part in the parking lot uh, stages, right? Uh, Hatebreed, yeah. Shadows Fall, Chimera, um, Chimera, Winds yeah, of Plague, Betrayu. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Uh, I mean, it was fucking hot. Holy shit! I mean, that's that's it. That's all I remember about that summer. And I drank a lot of Gatorade. Remember, they had canned water there. Yeah, um, that tastes like you got nickels in your mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The catering was really good. Yeah, catering I remember, was amazing. Uh, yeah, I remember uh, Rob Zombie. Uh, Joey was playing drums for Rob Zombie. Corn, uh, Five Finger Death Punch, and Lamb of God, I think. Yeah, and it was a it was a great tour, man. I had I actually had a really awesome time, and uh, you know, thank goodness for that fucking bandwagon, because like you know, we we had a shower in there. And just it was like AC'd all the time, so it was a, it was you know it's the old, probably the only reason I didn't get a heat get heat stroke that summer. <laughs> I remember yeah. like the first week of that tour, we had a problem with the AC on our bus, so we were sharing a bus with Norma Jean. Oh, Norma Jean, yeah, yeah, cool, yeah, yeah. And um, I remember like the first week, it was. It was pretty brutal, and I was mm, so I was also mm. doing the. Re- I'm not sure if you remember this, but one of the reasons why you probably didn't see me too often was because I was also doing merch on that tour. Oh so shit! I was doing oh. merch for in this moment and playing. So what I would oh, do wow. is is I would go out, you know, I would set up the merch tent at like you know eight or nine in the morning whenever they oh, let us, man. Yeah, and man. then I would come back like 45 minutes before the gig. And go and change, and the only place, because you know the second the second stage bands didn't have dressing rooms for the most part. Yeah, yeah. We had we had our vehicles, you know, which were either mm-hmm. the bandwagons or the tour buses. Mm-hmm. And I remember just going in when we played San Bernardino. I think it was mm-hmm. the first show, and changing in the bus with no AC, and I almost passed mm-hmm. out. I was also mm-hmm. really hungover, and mm-hmm. I didn't realize that like so. Rockstar was one of the sponsors on that, mm-hmm. and they left a bunch of these Rockstar recoveries. Out, outside the bus. So I figure I'm like, oh, this is like a hangover cure. So mm-hmm. I drank six of them, not knowing mm-hmm. that they were full of fucking caffeine. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like, I had like heat, like heat exhaustion. I was hungover and then just extremely over caffeinated. Oh, man. That sounds like a, a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> so how long after... Did uh, cause is three inches of blood still around? Like again, I didn't really do too much. That's okay. Yeah, no, we played we played our last uh, official show in uh, 2015. Uh, you know, just some of the guys they didn't want to tour or write music for the band anymore. I think you know people people you know people get married, people turn 40, people want a different sort of life, people want to settle down a bit more. And, uh, I mean, you know, I mean, you played in a bunch of different bands over the years and, you know, not, I mean, things fall apart. Not every band stays together. It's like a marriage with like, you know, three or five other people. And, uh, you know, uh, we're all still good friends. We, we, we have a text thread that we just, we we're still all homies. And I think that was probably the best possible scenario. Uh, and we ended on a, the highest of high notes, you know, we played like the Commodore ballroom, sold it out two nights in our hometown and I love uh, that venue that's in Vancouver a, for people who don't know mm-hmm. it's a great venue it's been around a long time and uh it sounds great it's one of my favorite places to play anywhere and uh it was just like super triumphant we had old members come out and play a song here and there you know the old drummer Matt Wood um 
uh, Jamie, the old singer, Bob, the old guitar player, Byron, our old bass player, you know, shit like that. So, I mean, it was, man, it was a hell of a show. And um, I was already playing with Revocation at that point as their uh, as their official drummer. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a real good just like winding down. And then like I just, you know, I didn't leave three inches for them. It just coincided where they're like, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. And then I ended up getting, uh, you know, filling in for Revocation playing uh, two months sharing a bus with Cannibal Corpse in Europe. That's, that's pretty and, dope. It was great. It was awesome. That was the first t- tour I did with Revocation. I was a fill-in at that point. They they uh, they had maybe three other guys that they um, were rolling with, and then uh, they they offered me the the, the job, and um, and then yeah, I've been with them ever since. So that was like 2015, basically. That all sort of uh, changed hands. Yeah. So how did you get into like? So how did you kind of get into that circle? Did the were they did they just know you from? like past or did they like see videos on youtube did you do like an official tryout or how did that we work out? we toured together um so they already knew that i could play uh so it was like uh uh three inches of blood was main support for death angel and then it was battle cross and revocation oh, okay. and um yeah and so we spent like you know i mean you know six weeks with with the revocation guys just you know drinking having fun just like we just loved each other you know we had a yeah. great time and so um you know they knew i could play and then i just uh, and then they're just like, Hey, can you play like this, uh, you know, hardcore progressive death metal style? And so I said, I, 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 yeah, I think so. Give me, give me a few days and I'll send you like an audition, like a video. And I just sent them a video of two songs they wanted me to play and send it to them. And they're like, okay, he can hang. And we know we like him. you know, we've, yeah. we've hung with him before. So, uh, that was basically that, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. well, and then you've been in the band for for five years now you've mm. done some some pretty dope stuff and and as you yeah. were men- mentioning former former three three inches members uh so byron stroud was was your bass player toward the end there yep who was in strapping and then the only yep. time i've ever played the commodore ballroom which was in 2013 with jed was yeah, the first I, time was, I, was I, the first time i met devin townsend yeah yeah i was at that show yeah i, I might have been drunk and that that was the night I didn't realize that Justin had a fucking twin brother. Yeah. Fucked me up, dude. <laughs> I went up to him, I'm like, dude, what's up? He's like, I have no fucking idea who you are, bud. <laughs> yeah. They, I was like, why man. are you fucking with me right now, Justin? And he's like, Oh, I'm not Justin. I'm they, like Yeah. Yeah. You 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 might not be surprised how often that happens to them. Like where where people are like you know, Tim, Tim's his brother. And then, and then Tim will be like, yeah, I'm, I'm not Justin. And they're like, yeah, you are, you know? And he's like, no, I'm not. And they're like, why you fuck? Why you be an asshole, man? Why you fuck with me? He's like, I'm not, I'm just not Justin. <laughs> he should really just come out, like come out of the bat or maybe he just likes fucking with people and just be like, yo, I'm Justin's twin brother. Yeah. Cause yeah. it took, it took him a few minutes. He was like, no, I'm just his twin brother. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah, a fucking yeah. dickhole now. Yeah. 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 But yeah. Um, I, yeah. I remember, I remember seeing you. I remember seeing you. I, I, now I remember seeing you, but I remember seeing Justin Shane. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not sure if Cam was at that show. Don't know. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. I don't but remember, yeah. but Justin and mm-hmm. Shane and you for sure. Who else? Who were you guys opening for? So it was Huntress, us, yeah, yeah. Uh, at the time was Scar the Martyr, and mm. uh, Danzig. 
I thought it was the zig. I thought so. Yeah. <laughs> the zig. <laughs> Actually, um, I think that show was, I think we probably had like a week or two left of tour. And I remember I was watching Danzig's side stage and they got off stage and I moved out of his way. Mm-hmm. But after that night, <laughs> no one was allowed to stand st- stand side stage anymore because I guess I got in the way. <laughs> wow. Uh, how dare you? Uh, J- Johnny Kelly, great guy, great oh, drummer. Dude, Johnny Kelly yeah. and fucking and Steve Zing, dude, those guys were mm-hmm. after my fucking liver on that tour. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And yeah. Doyle was out doing the Misfits set, so I right. got to meet. I got to meet Doyle and like, yo, that guy. I don't know how old he is. He's, I think he's he's older than Danzig. Mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure he's older than Danzig. But like, yo, that guy's like almost sixty, and he's like more wow. jacked than anybody yeah. on the planet yeah. Earth. He's a he's a be- he's a beautiful man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember he wasn't. I I I I think his guitar was plugged in. I'm not sure if it was tuned. You know, I mean, he was, <laughs> but he had a hell of a stage presence. That's for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. You know. yeah. Um, well, what were you gonna say? No, yeah, Johnny Kelly's an awesome dude. Uh, we we did Three Inches of Blood. Basically, we did the last real typo negative tour. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Um, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in like 2008, it was like us and Hatebreed and typo negative. Oh shit. Yeah, and then yeah, Peter Steele died in 2009, I think. And I yeah. think they did maybe some shows afterwards, but I don't think they ever did any other full on tours or anything like that. Yeah. And it was it was it, it was probably one of the best tours of my life. Hatebreed closed, typo negative, and us, and that was it. And then it was sponsored by Jägermeister. You know, there was an area was. for the there was an area for the bands to hang out. There was, you know, there was catering for the bands every night. You know, it was two months straight. And I mean it was just we we just had an amazing time. And those those guys, Johnny, um, Johnny and Kenny, um, even Josh, uh, you know, but John, Johnny and Kenny, they'd have uh, the their uh, dressing room had Kiss memorabilia everywhere. Um, did they ever do that to you, the Kiss Kiss room or anything no. like that? No, that, so, I don't believe they had the Kiss room. So they brought they brought like you know big cardboard cutouts, lamps, posters, memorabilia, just like like dozens of pieces of Kiss memorabilia, and then they would just like plaque it up on the walls and then they'd have a stereo and they'd always be running. And then they'd invite you to come in and like drink their rider and like listen to kiss. And we'd listen to like rainbow and all this other classic rock shit and just talk. It was like so, so much fun. And they were so nice and gracious. Peter Steele was like a gem of a human, uh, at least, you know, to, to the, to, to the bands and was super nice and everything. And, uh, yeah, what can I say? It was a great time. <laughs> Johnny, Johnny Kelly is still, he is definitely one to share the writer beer. Yeah. 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 Cause, uh, Very, yeah. yeah sure. Cause I just remember after, I think after our first show was in Toronto, you know, and I'm like, so this is like 2013, you know, so seven years ago, fuck, I'm like 24. 25 maybe Mm -hmm. and you know i'm on the road with danzig and i was a typo fan as well so i knew who johnny kelly was Mm -hmm. and uh you know i was so fucking awkward but they were they they were the guys who helped break the ice 
Because mm-hmm. like I don't yep. know what to fucking say. You know, you're on the mm-hmm. road with people who you admire, and I was a big mm-hmm. Danzig fan. You know, I never really mm-hmm. wanted to, you know, say anything to Danzig just because, you know, he has he definitely has a reputation, and I'm sure people mm-hmm. are aware of it. But mm-hmm. you know, I definitely wanted to party with with Steve Zing, who you know was yeah. in Sam Hain, yeah, and uh, and and Johnny Kelly. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was just like, hey, I'm Kyle. I play bass with, uh, with Scar the Murder. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I just want to say, like, you know, I'm super excited to be on tour with you guys. And the first thing Johnny Kelly does <laughs> is he hands me this big-ass bottle of Jägermeister and kind of, like, hits me in the chest with it. Mm-hmm. And he goes, you drinking? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I take a swig of, of the Jägermeister, and, you know, you have the Jägermeister face, and they handed me an ice-cold Corona. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> and, uh, and yeah. you know, we were just we were just kind of, you know, uh, I tried not to bug them too much because I'm definitely a dressing room disrespecter once it gets to the point to where it's like, if we're homies, like, I'm yeah. just coming in. Yeah, that's, yeah, I'm kind of, I, I was, a, I'm a dressing room disrespecter sometimes, and especially on that Cannibal Corpse tour, I was like, I was like, hey, I'm friends with all these guys. So now, like, I just, there was a few times I overstepped my bounds. And, uh, like, you know, and if no one said anything, to to me about it at the very least the next day i was like i was like ooh, i shouldn't have done that <laughs> like whatever yeah. it was but i think um, i think it really yeah. depends on the band because like mm-hmm. there are certain bands that are like you know they're pretty cool with that especially if they have mm-hmm. multiple rooms um mm-hmm. but i mean even when we were like you know we've toured with three days grace a few times and mm. uh and i'll knock and they're like Hey, Conky, what the fuck? You don't have to fucking knock. Just come on in, mm-hmm. bud. Make yourself mm-hmm. a fucking drink, you know? Mm-hmm. So on our last tour that we did with them, it was uh, us, Fire from the Gods, Three Days Grace, and Five Finger Death Punch. And, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, I just started, like, making myself at home. <laughs> did you, you guys You guys did a tour last year uh, with, with Five Finger Death Punch and Megadeth? Was that That right? was earlier this year. That was, that was this year? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that was... Uh, so I did, uh, so I did the stuff with Dev for seventy thousand tons of metal in January. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And then a week later, we flew to Europe to meet up mm-hmm. with Megadeth and Death Punch for the. And you guys, you guys were doing like arenas, right? Yeah, uh, that was the first time uh, that we've done arenas in Europe. Wow. Because good when for you, you. When you know, I mean, dude, it was it was it was pretty fucking cool. And yeah, that's amazing. We're, we're used to doing clubs, smaller clubs, mm. you know, sure. hot, yeah. fucking sweaty, small clubs, and yeah, nobody boy. believes in fucking <laughs> 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 nobody nobody believes in fucking air conditioning over there, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, uh, granted, it was January as well, so it's not like we yeah. were gonna. But I mean, dude, I've been over there and it's been cold and played some sweaty ass fucking shows. You know? Sure. Yeah. Um. So it was definitely. It was a lot easier to get used to, you know, because of all the creature comforts that we had. You know, for the most part, we always had a dressing room. Mm. You know, there was catering every day. It was like, you know, it felt more like a U.S. run than any of the other runs that we've done over there. Because the last time we were over there, we were kind of doing headline shows, festival gigs. And Mm. like, like, when we did that last June it was pretty hectic. Like there was like four or five shows that we had to fly out to and like meet the bus because Mm -hmm. we wouldn't have made it. So Mm -hmm. like flying with all of your gear that you came with, plus some of the rental shit that, you know, you got from like John Henry's or whatever. 
just to make the show and then the bus like shows up like oh okay at midnight <laughs> the night that you pl- that you play man i bet uh, that was a great tour you know that uh that megadeth one or whatever was i bet it was fucking pretty awesome huh dude i mean i i i've known dave mustaine in passing for a few years because mm-hmm. he worked with uh he worked with he worked with us when i was doing the the stuff with jed Mm-hmm. kind of yeah. towards the tail end there mm-hmm. and and then i just did devin townsend with dirk mm-hmm. the week before so i kind of mm-hmm. like had a rapport with him mm-hmm. and it was just really nice you know mm-hmm. like i know you know dave has gotten a reputation of being somewhat of not nice guy mm-hmm. but the experience that i had with him and have had with him is you know the complete opposite you know i can't that's say awesome that. You know, and he asked me, I remember we were talking, he was like, so what songs would you guys like to hear? Yeah, and, cool. Yeah. And uh, uh, I remember Doc, Doc said something like angry again, which I was going to say. Mm-hmm. And then they fucking started playing it, man. Yeah, cool. That's awesome. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. That's great. Yeah. So how, so how did you meet the, the strapping dudes? Was that just from, from touring being fellow Canucks or? Nope. No. Uh, I, it sort of started meeting Gene, um, when I was like 16 or something like that. He came out to, uh, he was, he was always at local metal shows in Vancouver and, and like strapping and was a Vancouver band. So, uh, you know, basically, basically like my first like five or six shows or something like that ever, I probably met him at around that time. So I was maybe 17 tops, but I, I think I was about yeah, seven, 16 or 17, something like that. So uh, Gene came up to me and was like, hey, I, I, I really dig your play, man. I think you're really good. You got great potential or whatever. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know. He just like, that's what, it all started with him, you know? And then him and I became friends. He took me under his wing, you know, showed me the ropes about, just like you know the the mindset right you know right frame of mind for um you know for drumming for practicing for just being a person you know how to treat other people and stuff not like i didn't already know like i was i had a good upbringing and stuff but you know uh just like navigating just music and and like you know being good uh you know he gave me all the tools to uh succeed in terms of just uh you know the the nuggets of wisdom and everything, and then it's like, and then it's like, hey, you know, do you want to be my drum tech? You know, anytime he played a show in town, I was setting up and tearing down his drums and there when he was playing, watching him play, and uh, you know, and then I'd go to re- strapping rehearsals, and uh, you know, even writing sessions, like when they were writing some of the new black, I was there for for that, just watching Gene and Dev uh, write together. Dope. That was cool. Uh, I mean, I just I had a really privileged, right place, right time uh, kind of uh, experience at, at a perfect age, you know, where, you know, I was just like trying to find my way in the metal scene and all that shit. And then um, I also I also uh, replaced Gene in a band when he wasn't able to do it anymore. It was a local Gene played in local bands around Vancouver that a lot of people haven't heard of, but they're really, really good, uh, especially because of his drumming. But um, when he wasn't able to, like, you know, be around Vancouver much or whatever, um, I ended up taking his chair, playing in this one band called Just Cause, and um, I learned all of his drum parts that he played on the record. And then I sat 
and played it for him. I, I sat and played him all of his drum parts in front of him in, in the room when I was maybe 19 or something like that. Jesus. And then, and then, and then, uh, and then he w- and then when the song was done, he's like, he's like, that was, he's like, that was great. Uh, he's like, but you know, I, I, you know, I'm playing it this way on this part or, or he'd step by, he'd sit behind my drums and he's like, and he'd be like, I'm actually doing this. You know what I mean? And he would sit and show me exactly what he's doing. And then I would do it, try and do it as best I could or whatever. But you know, uh, I don't know. He like just, he straight up like showed me how to swing, you know? So that, that's where I met the strapping guys. And then I, and then, uh, you know, Zimmer's hole, I would always watch. I, I would always go to those shows anytime I got a chance. And, and then I started hanging out with Ryan Van Puderoin, uh, the drummer for uh, Devin's old, you know, Dev. Is that how Devin's you say town. his name? Van Puderoin. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't ever sure. I just called him yeah. RVP. RVP. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ryan Van Puderoin. Yeah, it's. I think it's. I think it's Dutch or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, I was hanging around him a lot too, and um, yeah, man. Like between between those two guys around town. Uh, I got a real good um, just uh, a gig gigging education, and then um, and then uh, somewhere along the way I met Shane just through that because Shane played in a band called Punch Drunk with Gene, and uh, you know so I went out to some Punch Drunk shows, and then you know I was playing Just Cause, and then Shane came to the gig, knew I could play, and it's like when they needed a drummer, or whatever. That's kind of how that all worked out. So yeah, yeah. Um, so did you play for Zimmer's Hole at all? I'm the drummer of Zimmer's Hole. Yeah. Oh, okay. See, I didn't even do any mm. any background. Yeah, so, no so not only did you replace Gene in mm. in Just Cause, you also yeah. replaced Gene in Zimmer's Hole. Yeah, and yeah. you also had Gene and RVP as mentors. I mean, those are some yeah. of some of the you know the best. I mean, Gene especially. Mm. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong, Ryan is no slouch, mm. but you know, Gene is like one of the most. He might be the most legendary metal metal drummer of all time, in my opinion. I, well, yeah, he's the he's the best metal drummer in the world. I don't really have many bones about saying that because, like, you know, if you want to sit down and like, you know, have a discussion about it, you know, the the evidence like really stacks up that he's just like, you know, he's versatile, he's original, he's powerful, he's delicate, he's. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he's the real fucking deal, you know? And well, uh, I remember, I, yeah. um, so do you know Tim Young? Yeah. He was a for drummer sure. for Morbid Angel. Oh, he played awesome. Vital Remains. Um, yeah, he's great. I remember when they were doing Divine Heresy. Uh, this was around the same mm-hmm. time that I met Tommy. Yeah. Uh, I was hanging out with Tommy. I was hanging out with Tim. Um, and they were showing me some of the Divine Heresy stuff before it came out. Mm-hmm. And I remember Tim was just like, "Yeah, I just ripped off Gene Hogue on this entire record." <laughs> yeah, yeah, him and him and like, you know, dozens if not hundreds of other drummers, you know, and just like, uh, I mean, who said uh, Nick Barker? You know, I was like, man, Nick Barker, like the shit you do with Demu and uh, fucking Cradle of Filth, and like, God, lock up. I'm like, God damn, man, that shit is amazing. He's like, he's like, I just ripped off Gene Hoagland <laughs> or whatever, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, don't we all, you know? I mean, um, the stuff that he was doing, you know, I mean, not just in strapping, but I think mm-hmm. actually now to come to think of it, this was probably like 2004, 2004 maybe mm-hmm. uh, was the first time that I heard I heard strap young lad mm-hmm. and I was I was pretty you know I was pretty well versed 
in, you know, death metal and black metal. But I never heard a band. I think this was when Alien came out because there yeah. used to be, there used to be an independent radio station out here in LA that used to play metal. It was Metal Mondays. So I think starting from like 9 p.m. to midnight, they would play metal on the radio. And I remember Alien came on, and they're like, "Oh yeah, call in, be the first caller, and you'll win the new Strappy Young Lad CD, and you'll get uh, tickets to go see them." when they come to town next. Um, so I called in. I was like, hey, I wanted to, did anyone win that strike? He's like, dude, you're the only one who's called. He's like, yeah, it's, <laughs> your, it's yours. <laughs> so I went, awesome. so I, they mailed me the CD um, and I got tickets to go see them at the at the Hollywood uh, House of Blues. Mm -hmm. It was, I, I can't remember the full lineup, but I know it was, it was strapping, like at the tail end of Alien uh, touring cycle and uh the agony scene yeah 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 and i remember at that show they were playing wrong side mm -hmm. um from from the new black and that was the yeah. first time i saw anybody do like the vocal styling that Devin did and also like sweep arpeggios at the mm -hmm. same time yeah 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 for sure i i remember i remember uh yeah that them sort of like you know, talking about that, that part or whatever, and just being like, Oh, we'll see if I can do this, you know, say the word and I'll be gone. And he's like sweeping the whole time. It's like, Holy fuck guys just keep raising the bar. So um, I, yeah. I, I called Jed. Was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday. And I was just like, Hey, I'm going to have uh, I'm gonna have Ash on the podcast. And he's like, yeah, you guys got to talk about Mario. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, all right, we're, we're definitely, we're definitely going to talk about Mario, but he's also, he's just like, Hey, have Ash tell the story about when he went to go look for ice cream. The last ice time. cream. <laughs> <laughs> but then he was also, he's like, he's like, you got to ask Ash about that. But mm. he's, you also got to ask Ash about fucking Vinny and his band. Fucking, uh, vicious rumors. <laughs> <laughs> even though it's not vicious rumors yeah even though it. it's not vicious rumors hey well give me hold on give me half a second i'll tell the ice cream story all right yeah, yeah. i just i gotta um uh, oh my god that's so funny um okay can you see me again yeah, yeah i can see you again um uh yeah okay so the ice uh, i was uh so jed and i play in a couple bands together we play in a band called old black that's like him and me and this guy Vinny, and then uh, we play in zimmer's hole together and uh that's about it but um but uh yeah so one night there was a party over at jed's place in philadelphia and uh jed has an ice cream store just like up the road from from where he lives and um and I, I got like, I was like, I think I was blackout drunk by this point or whatever. And uh, it was towards the end of the night, but you know, everyone was like leaving to, yeah, they were gonna leave in maybe like half an hour, 45 minutes. But I was just like, I was just like, I want, I wanted ice cream. I was, again, I was bl blacking out and I just went, I just walked out of his door and I didn't have any shoes on. And, and I just, and I stumbled down to this ice cream sh spot, which is like, it's all like outdoors. It's like, you just get in line 
and it's kind of like you know how they they have like a concession stand at a park or whatever where you just yeah. come up and that kind of shit so i was just like i was just like standing there you know in my i was wearing a shirt and shorts but like i was in like my bare feet and then uh and then i was like you know just holding it trying to prop myself up or whatever and i can't remember what i ordered and then i got and then I, yeah, I walked back to his place, and I remember that was the first time I'd, I'd ever seen fireflies. Oh as yeah, well. yeah, yeah. I, w- I was really dr- I was really drunk, but I'm like, holy shit! Like, <laughs> I'm like, wow, look at that fireflies! And then I was just eating my we ice cream. Get those like, on the west back. coast, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then I, I came back, and then he's like, "Where did you go?" I'm like, "I got some ice cream." And then Vinny, Vinny was like, "Hey, bro." I didn't get a chance to say goodbye to you. Where'd you go? I'm like, yeah, I left. <laughs> I went to go get ice cream. And Jed just like, I think he just fucking loved it because Jed loves tacos and, you know, cheeseburgers, right? And it's like, oh, he'll, yeah, do, he'll, do, life. he'll, he'll, he'll step over his, his best, best buddy to get a fucking taco. So I think he just loved that I, you know, just like abandoned the entire party and didn't say bye to anybody, and I didn't bother to put on shoes, and I just walked in because I wanted that fucking ice cream, and I went and got it by by God. <laughs> so um, well, that dude, was I yeah. mean, fucking me and Jed, like yeah. me and Jed were like thickest thieves on tour together, man. Because yeah. like, I love cheese. He really burgers. liked you. He really liked you. Oh, likes you. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Um, yeah, uh, oh. we would have uh, we would have this thing where. Like, cause you know, Jed is always on like dad's schedule, even on tour. Like that motherfucker's up at seven thirty in the morning, like cleaning the front lounge. Yeah, and, yeah. But if we happen to stop, and there's like a fucking, and there's like a Burger King or a McDonald's, like mm-hmm. he'll straight up get me a burger and slide mm-hmm. it under my pillow, like while I'm <laughs> sleeping, and he'd be like, "Hey, Conky, I got you something, little bunk burger, little <laughs> <laughs> <Le> bunk burger." <laughs> Or, or like, cause like, dude, me and me and Jed, I'm a little bit, I try to be more conscious about what I, what I'm, what I'm eating these days, but like that me and him would literally like be, uh, he would have like a movie playing on his fucking, on his uh, VR thing. And he called Mm -hmm. it the, uh, what was it? The, the, the Simon fucking like single plex or something. (laughs) I can't remember. Uh, Yeah. 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 But Simon uh, Cineplex. Yeah. 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 And, uh, he would have. He would have fucking candy bars and like pop tarts or like all berries in his bunk. That's good. <laughs> and uh, we yeah. would like trade, like we would get candy bars because at the at that time he was really into the the Milky Way midnights. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so like every now and again, like I would just see this little fucking hand come up because I was always I always slept above Jed. He was on he was on the bottom bunk. I was in the middle bunk, and I would see this fucking this hand come up with like a fucking candy bar or he would just straight like i'd hear him like rustling around in his bunk and mm. he would just fucking grab a handful of little mini candy bars and fucking throw them at me from... <laughs> oh man i love those on tour shenanigans and hijinks it's the Dude, best i would always i would always punish jed about strapping stories like he would mm. tell me like gene stories of like how like one of the bunks fell that like Gene was staying in and like crushed their old keyboard player. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. I think I remember that uh that story. Yeah. Yeah, poor Gene was uh he was not not at an ideal weight for a while. Um, he looks to say great that... now. 
Oh, now he's now he's like as thin as he's ever been in his life, and he looks fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Gene 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 was a big boy, and yeah, I never understood how he could play drums so fucking fast. Those Doc Martens, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or sometimes I'd see him have weights on his fucking ankles or mm-hmm. some shit. I'm just like, what yeah. the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, he's he was built he was built for drumming, man. What can you say? He's got it like that. So, how did you get involved with with Zimmer's Hole? Then was that the same thing of like just Gene ask like telling you like, hey, I'm I I can't really do this. And for people who don't know, Zimmer's Hole is basically strapping, but without dev, and yeah. uh, it's with uh, um, what's his name? <laughs> His name's Chris Valigo. Everyone calls him Val. 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 That's right. Yeah. Lord. Lord Heathen. Lord Heathen. There we yeah. go. That's that's yeah. the one I was talking about. Yeah. I mean, honestly, dude. Like, like pound for pound. Like, I think Val's one of my favorite singers uh, of all the time. Same thing. Of of all time in that band, like in that band specifically, like um, because like I don't know because De- Devin produced all the Zimmer's whole records. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he also recorded uh, all the vocals and like he produced Val's vocals. So, you know, because Deb is such an in- insanely competent and accomplished uh, musician and singer, he was able to he was able to push Val um, past his comfort zone and, and challenge him and, you know, be like, well, I can't I can do it. So what? You can't do it. This is your record. I thought you wanted it to be good. You know, they, they do that like that kind of shit. He's like, OK, motherfucker, I'll show you. I'll show you to scream ah, and then whatever. But but Val's got he's got a great like Glenn Benton death metal, like low growl. And then he's got some like super just like soaring, you know, Rob Halford and beyond kind of high shit. So he's, his his range is is really uh you know, really wide. He's got a great range. Um, so yeah, he's one of my favorite singers. I Zimmer Soul's been one of my favorite bands a long, long time. The the old drummer Steve Wheeler is great. I I loved his drumming. And then uh, Gene. So Steve Wheeler played on the first two records. Um, Gene played on the third one. Um, I was always drum teching for Gene, so I would be going to Zimmer Soul shows anytime he flew into town to rehearse with Zimmer's Hole, he'd be playing my drums, I'd set up the drums, the whole band would be there a day or two before he showed up, and then we would just end up jamming, you know, because I knew all the songs. So, you know, we, we did that a handful of times over the years, like 2009, 2013, 2016. So 2009 and 13, whenever, in that area, when I was playing with Zimmer's Hole uh, in the, just in the jam space, I was good, but I wasn't great. But then, uh, when when we ended up jamming, I think it was like 2016 or 17 or something like that. When you know Zimmer's Hole was doing some shows and Gene came in, then then we were all sort of looking at each other like, oh shit, this sounds like a real band with you on drums. You know, it's we like not like it didn't with with, with Gene because he can Gene's the best drummer and he can play yeah. anything, but. We did, you know, we did a couple of things where we like wrote a song really quick and we're like, oh man, that was great. And then like, I was playing the songs with like so much more uh, control and power and vigor and like, like I owned them. And, uh, and then that's sort of when we were like, oh shit, what if, what if Ash could just be the drummer? Because I was, I was, I'm live in Vancouver. I, my schedule's not as hectic, as crazy as jeans. So <clears throat> You know, uh, I had my foot in the door with those guys for years, but it was really only a couple of years ago where it was like, oh shit, 
I think this is a real thing. And then, you know, it, and it also started with me and Jed, like, just like, we had that jam, and then Jed was like, I want you to play in this, this side band that I have. And then him and I started jamming, and then it just sort of evolved, and then I went over to Zimmer's Hole um, with, with, you know, with that whole sort of relationship in tow. So, yeah, it's all very incestuous, you know, just like the, I mean, you know how it is. Like, yeah. you know, you, you, you played in so many different bands over the years because of, you know, friends friends of friends and stuff like that is, you know, this guy's starting a band, this guy needs a bass player or whatever. And, um, you know, you check off the boxes of like being a nice, nice guy and you can play bass and you're available and you're, you're not a fuck up. So all that, all this shit. And then that's kind of just how you, you get in, uh, you know, or at least it doesn't hurt. Right. Yeah. I mean like, dude, like my, my guitar player, doc, I've pro I've called him like two or three times like and asked him the same question like hey do you know anybody looking for a bass player mm -hmm. and um and i got the scar the martyr gig from that but then i also got the bad wolves gig from that and oh, it was cool. funny uh when when i heard about the the devon the devon gig mm -hmm. of dev doing strap young lad and heavier stuff from his uh from his catalog I was I was in Dallas. I was so we were doing two festivals with Manson. One was in Dallas. One was in Oklahoma mm. City, cool. and I was at the gym. And when I'm at the gym, I I don't have my phone on me. I leave it in the locker. You know, I just I want no distractions. Typically, I'm fine with whatever music the fucking gym is playing at the time. Mm -hmm. Like I don't I don't really need to have my earbuds in to focus on what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> it's about it's about time for me to leave. And I see like fucking three missed calls from Wes Hauk. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and I see a text message from Wes. And then I see a missed call from my drummer, John. And then I see yeah. a text from my drummer, John. So the first thing I go to is the missed call from John. I'm like, oh, mm. fuck. Something happened. Like, oh, we yeah. need to get back to the, I need to get back to the. Someone, uh, someone died. <laughs> oh, or like, you need, just need to get your ass back here. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I called him and he's like, dude, did you talk to Wes? I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, this is, I was like, no, I haven't talked to Wes. Why would mm -hmm. he's like, dude, call Wes right the mm -hmm. fuck now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I got off the phone with John. I call Wes and he's like, he's like, hey, bud, uh, you know, what's your schedule looking like for this? And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty open, you know, from, from, uh, you know, the mid, mid December to, you know, mid January. I was like, other than that, I'm going to be in Europe. Uh, and he's like, well, I'm going to talk, I'm going to talk to, uh, you know, talk to my guy here, but, uh, do you want to fucking, do you want to play some strapping young lad songs with me and Devin Townsend and Dirk for mm -hmm. Buren? Mm -hmm. I'm like, no. does, the, does, the, <laughs> does the bear shit in the fucking woods? Yeah, of course yeah. I do. Yeah. So later on I called Dev <clears throat> or I'm sorry, Dev called me. We were able to, to find a time and, I kind of just told him, I was like, you know, hey, you know, I've been a big fan. I was like, I didn't say anything about Jed yet because, and I didn't want to act like I knew Dev because mm -hmm. I met Dev in passing like maybe three or four times, mm -hmm. but I wasn't going to be like that guy. Like, oh, you don't remember me? Like, that, that, yeah. that's kind of shitty to do to somebody on the spot, yeah. you know? Yeah, totally. So, so, but by the time it came to like, we were, um, we were getting ready to jam for, for the 70,000 tons of metal, um, he was like, "Oh, you were in the band with uh, with Jed," and I was like, mm -hmm. "Oh yeah, I was, like, I was in a band with Jed for five years," <laughs> and and then he started telling me fucking, because I had always heard stories from Jed's point of view, 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And not, and not, and yeah. not that the stories that he told weren't true. Yeah. They were, but I'd never heard tour stories about Jed. Right. Yeah. 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 Until, totally. <laughs> until I fucking, <laughs> I, I was like talking with Devin Townsend about it and everything that he told me, I'm like, Oh yeah, that, that fucking, that sounds like Jed. That rings true. Yeah. I, I think, I think Jed's more or less been like the same kind of dude. Um, for most of his career, which, uh, you know, he's, he's like, he's like a, he's a, like a malevolent force of sorts. You know what I mean? He's, he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like chaotic good, you know, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. He's a real special dude. <laughs> I fucking, it's like, yeah, man, I just, I love hanging out with him. I wish, I wish he was like closer to, to town, you know? Yeah. I remember yeah. so when after so after after I talked to Devin Townsend, um, the first thing I wanted to do was call Jed. Mm-hmm. Now I didn't tell Dev this, um, but I just I felt like because Jed is a really good friend of mine, and I've known Jed for you know seven eight years now, and I was like you know I feel like I don't think I could do this the right way if I didn't get Jed's blessing. Your blessing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because sure. you know someone else is playing guitar. You know, Wes Halk was playing guitar, and so I called him. I'm like, "Hey, man, I just want to let you know I got the call to to do some stuff with Devin Townsend, but um, we are going to be playing some strapping songs." Mm-hmm. And he and you know he I know he was a little a little upset about it, but he was like, "Dude, go have fucking mm-hmm. fun! Like, mm-hmm. that's going to be fucking awesome." Yeah, and you know, and then I I fucking I felt better about it, and then. Um, Afterwards, so there was a little bit of time between the 70k uh, cruise and Europe. So I I went to Nam and I didn't realize Jed was going to be at Nam. And then I saw him. I hadn't seen Jed in a year and a half or something. I think at that point. And I just remember like we had a really nice, heartfelt conversation. Because Jed, Jed, Jed is a goofball, but he's a really good person to have a like a nice, heartfelt mm-hmm. conversation. He was like, "Dude, I'm yeah. so proud of you. Like, you know, that's fucking awesome." And you know, maybe one day me and you. We'll get to play some fucking strapping songs with Dev. And I was like, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that would be that would be super fucking dope. And mm-hmm. uh and uh, you know, I just really appreciated his blessing and but yeah, that was like the first call I made. Like I didn't really tell anybody that didn't already, you know, know about it. Like John, my drummer, he kinda knew about it. I didn't really say anything yet. Mm-hmm. Uh but I, as soon as I got off the phone with Dev, I called I called Jed. Hey, how is John uh doing? Berkeley? Yeah. John's good. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I uh I mean I always I always liked him because we, you know, we toured with Devil Driver a handful of times as well. Um and uh yeah, he's a great drummer and he's just a nice guy and everything. So John yeah. to me is one of is one of the most um underrated metal drummers. Uh-huh. I, yeah. And I I'm I don't know why that is. Um Yeah. He hits hard, man, and he can he can play plays really fast and he's like he play guitar too. And he wrote uh, a lot of the know. devil driver shit. I mean, dude, he writes yeah. a lot of the bad wolf shit too, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, he's and, great. Uh, uh playing playing with John um cuz when we when we kind of first got together with Bad Wolves, I was still doing Vimic sort of mm-hmm. um and uh you know I won't go into too much detail but I remember I remember the first time that we all kind of jammed 
and you know we had learned the songs and you know we were kind of you know just beating it together to make it sound like a fucking band and i just remember when i was playing with john i'm like shit man i was like this, this is like good. really <laughs> this guy's good and this is like really fucking nice you know yeah like yeah me and him are just kind of we're kind of on the same wavelength because i mean mm-hmm. you could be a great bass player and a great drummer but you know you won't always mesh you know yeah. yeah uh but him and i were on a very very similar wavelength i feel like and uh i was just like we we're both just right there and mm-hmm. um I hadn't had that in a while because, you know, I, I played with Joey. Joey's a great drummer or whatever. But mm-hmm. I don't think me and him were on the same wavelength when it came to, when it came to, uh, you know, just tempo and uh, and shit mm-hmm. like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm a little bit behind the beat. And Joey can sometimes be a little bit in front of the beat. Mm-hmm. But with yeah. me and John, we're both a little, like, a fucking cunt hair mm-hmm. just kind of laxed, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, but I mean, all the drummers that I've played with in my career, you know, they've all helped me become, you know, become a better bass player. You know, Jeff Fab was one of the first drummers that I played with, uh, professionally. And I was just like, oh, drummers are this good. <laughs> yeah. 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 What's Jeff Fab up to? Dude, he plays in Black Label Society. Really? Yeah. He's a drummer for Black Label. <laughs> no way. I didn't know that. Yeah. So That's after, cool. so a year after I got kicked out of the band, so I got kicked out just shortly after the Mayhem Fest 2010 uh, yeah. in this moment, uh, yeah. about a year later, him and Blake quit the band. Yeah. And then they were working with uh, this American Idol artist, uh, James Durbin. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then, uh, you know, Fab had filled in for, you know, bands like Filter um, and then I remember Black Label Society needed a drummer, and I think he just sent them an audition video, and they were just mm-hmm. like, yeah. Yeah. You know, Fab, yep. Fab is one of my favorite people on the planet, too. Like, every time That's I see good. that guy, yeah. you know, he's always just like, dude, how mm-hmm. the fuck are you? How's your mom? Because, like, he was really close in my, you know, in my personal circle when we were, when we were doing In This Moment together, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, when he got that, that Black Label gig, I'm like, all right, cool. That's, that's great. Wow. Good for him. I mean, I should I should reach out to him because like he was always cool to me on that on that Mayhem Fest uh, tour, and he was always like really like stoked on drums and like and totally down to like share information and oh, yeah. and, and licks and stuff like that. In fact, he he, he showed me this like Vinnie Kaliuta um, chop that I still uh, I still use to this day when I'm just like trying to mess around and you know sound. Like I'm having a great time. <laughs> so whatever. So Jeff used to have this drum key. I'm not sure if he still has it, but he had a drum key and it was called Vinnie Caliuda. Okay. So <laughs> our sound guy at the time, Josh Connedy, he was our sound guy tour manager. Um, he just thought it was a funny name. And I remember one time, like I, I don't know, I think he saw like some drum magazine and he fucking comes running into our dressing room on one of the In This Moment tours and he's like, Vinnie Caliuda's real <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude you didn't know who vinnie caliuda is oh that's oh that's what the sound man said yeah the he's, sound he's, guy he's he like oh know, he's real yeah vinnie, oh. he didn't know vinnie caliuda was a real person oh i see <laughs> so, yeah he just thought it was a silly name for a drum key oh like, yeah he's like no <laughs> like why do you call that drum key vinnie caliuda he's like well because i got it from vinnie caliuda and he didn't oh he got oh that's yeah, cool yeah. he got it from vinnie caliuda that's yeah. cool 
I mean, yeah, Vinny Caliota is like the best drummer that ever lived, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Room well, for debate, but you know. Yeah. Well, because Jeff used to work for, I th- was it, was it Drum like a... Doctors or? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure if it was Drum Doctors or Angel City Drums. Um, one of the popular ones in LA. So, you know, mm-hmm. he's teched for, you know, Vinny. He's teched yeah. for Josh Freeze. You know, he's, wow. you know, he's teched for all these legendary drummers. So yeah. I believe he named the drum key Vinny Caliuta because he got it from Vinny Caliuta. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's cool. Uh, yeah. I'd, I'd fucking, I'd, I'd keep that thing on my key ring and, you know, make sure I never lost it. You know, it's probably, <laughs> it's like a good luck charm, you know? Yeah. 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 Yeah, so, yeah. so, so who are your like, holy grail? Like typically when I, I do these podcasts, like this is more, this is more of like the interview format than I've had in a long time, but don't worry folks, it's going to get dark really quick after this. Um, <laughs> who, who would you say are your, your holy grail drummers? Like if you could pick, let's say five. Five. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, first and foremost, Gene was always that guy for me. And yeah. like I had, I had the, you know, very fortunate um you know background that i've had with him or whatever so you know i got to live that and uh it was like really you know it's like meeting your heroes and like just like you know your heroes being one of your best friends and all that shit and like you learn as much as you can from them like i had that and i was so so he's 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 my number one he always will be but um uh chris penny from the dillinger escape plan the stuff he did with them uh i mean they basically invented a style of music Mm-hmm. Um, so he was, he was one of my, my holy grails, uh, Damon Che from the band Don Caballero. He's one of my holy grails for sure. Like, like in terms of indiv- like originality, uh, and all that stuff. Like I can't, I could wrap my head more around like a buddy rich solo than I could wrap my head around Damon's drumming because it's so unorthodox and original and every, and every every idea is like sounds like a fresh idea mm-hmm. and uh the execution and everything like that is just like um i i don't really know too many drummers like better than that guy um and then uh what are Dave you doing Whitty, over there me uh, <laughs> just staying busy <laughs> um Dave Whitty uh, in Burnt by the Sun when he played. Okay, yeah, like, yeah. Dave's played in a lot of different bands, and I, I like a lot of them. Uh, but Burnt by the Sun was one of those bands that really got me hyped up on, like just like being a creative kind of player, you know, mm-hmm. like you know, yeah, grinding for sure, double kick for sure, but also like good like fill applications and like cool like syncopated snare drum placements and stuff like that. I mean, you listen to any Burnt by the Sun record, and there's just like you know, really, first of all, amazing riffs, like, like the riffs that John Adubato came up with are, are insane. And the, the guitar tones killer and great riffs. Drumming's great. So yeah. Uh, yeah. He's probably one of them. So that's, that's four. And then, you know, I like Neil Peart was one of my, uh, big influences. Like I got into him maybe like 15 years ago or something. So it's not like I was listening to him my whole entire life. Yeah. But, but I really got into him in a big way for sure. And, um, and you know, just, uh, yeah, he was a big deal for me. Uh, you know, Thomas from Meshuga, <clears throat> you know, to an extent too, but, um, I don't really know. I, I'm not like one of those like genty kind of players, but like, uh, in terms of like ghost note and symbol, uh, the way I play my cymbals and uh, the way I apply my ghost notes, I got from him, you know? Okay. Uh, yeah. So like a specific technical kind of thing, but yeah, 
uh, Gene, Chris, Damon, uh, Neil, Dave, and uh, yeah, Thomas, I would say. Those are my holy grails. Fuck yeah. Um, yeah, man. So before we... Yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. So, so before we started recording, um, you had asked... Uh, you wanted to know my 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 Neil Peart story, which I, I apparently I've been yeah. saying I've been saying his name wrong for a long time. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, yeah, and, and I and I know that because like, well, first of all, he said it. Alex Lifeson has said it before. It's just like, and you know, my my name is Pearson, P E A R S O N. So it's not my name. My last name is a person. It's Pearson, E the E A, and so like if you were to say Neil Pert, you would you would you would spell it P E R T, but it's P E A, so Peer Peart. Anyways, yeah, E A acts as an elongated E. Yeah, Neil Peart. Anyways, <laughs> what's your Neil Peart story? <laughs> so, um, I work for a company who is a music production company, and uh, we were very fortunate enough to be housing Rush while they were doing their R forty tour. Mm. Uh, well, the R40 rehearsals for that same named tour. What, what was that in San Bernardino? No, it was in uh, Van Nuys. Van Nuys. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. On the soundstage, like by maybe by it's like one of the fucking. Uh... I'm just trying not to give away where I work because a lot of people uh, go uh, there. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think I, I, think I know t- where it is. If you Anyways. look at my t shirt, that's where <laughs> yeah. I work. Yeah, I think I get it. Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah. All um, right. So you're housing Russia's shit. That's pretty cool. So they were they were in there doing a lot of um, you know rehearsals. You know Neil was coming back and forth doing a lot of stuff for like you know DW, you know mm-hmm. the drumming magazines, shit like yeah. that. And uh, at that time, I was watching the studio, and that's the only place you could actually hear everything because you know Alex and Getty are on. Um, you know they're using, they're not using live amps anymore. It's all mm-hmm. like you know speaker yeah. simulators and you know directly to front yeah. of house so the office was yeah. the only place you could actually hear them because the mm-hmm. the front of house was right next to where my office was mm-hmm. so i was able to listen to them play shit like they haven't played in a long time like fucking wow. xanadu or fucking you know mm-hmm. whatever and uh so i'm outside on my lunch break and i'm smoking and where i'm sitting outside is typically where neil would sit you know mm-hmm. And uh, I remember seeing him coming out and I'm like, you know, I was always, I always knew that Neil wasn't a very social person and I didn't, I didn't want to fucking, you know, I don't want to be a dry dick dude and fucking be like, so I get up to to go and he's like, oh no, go ahead, sit down, sit down. And I'm like, all right, cool. I was just like, well, I'm just, I'm out here smoking. I didn't want to bug bug you. And he pulls out a packet of Maurier blues and he goes, oh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm out here smoking too. And I'm like, all right, cool. And, uh. He just asked, he asked me a few questions, you know, just about, you know, what I, what I did, you know, outside of this, if I was a musician or anything like that. I was wow. like, yeah, you know, I never referred to him as Neil. I think that's the reason why he talked to me is because I always just referred to him as like chief or boss or, you oh, know, okay. because I didn't, I, that was another thing I knew was like, if you, if he knows that you know who he is, like yeah. that, that weirds him out. Mm-hmm. So I always acted like I had no idea, you know, yeah. who he was. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we started chatting back and forth just about like, dude, he like, he talked to me about his daughter and shit like mm-hmm. that. And mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm not sure if everybody knows, but you know, he lost his daughter. It was, I think it was in a terrible car accident or something. And then, yeah. And then in the, in the, in the nineties, like 96 yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, so we had like talked about that and then I was like, dude, you're cause dude, homie was like rolling. If he wasn't rolling up in his BMW touring bike, 
Mm-hmm. He was rolling up in like a fucking, he had like a DB1 Aston Martin mm-hmm. or yeah. something. Forgive yeah. me. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure if that's the right model, but then he would like roll up in like a new Aston Martin, like a DB Aston Martin. And I was like, dude, your Aston Martins are really fucking, are really dope, man. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I told him, I was like, you know, I like, I like some of the, you know, some of these, these cars and these cars and he, and he were sitting outside smoking and uh, he looks over at me and he goes, do you know what the difference between a porcupine and a Porsche is? I said, no, what? The pricks goes, are on the inside, right? Like, on the porcupine, <laughs> the pricks on the outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, That's uh, good. good. And, joke. you know, we had, we had a couple more interactions, but I'd say like that one was, pr- it was like 20 minutes. Wow. Yeah. And I, wow. I never called him by his name. I never like tried to like dead stare him in the eye. I was just like, yo, this is <laughs> fucking, this is Neil Peart, you know? Because <laughs> I'm a wow. huge, I'm a, and I'm a huge Rush fan too. Yeah. And it's funny because people were like, oh, Neil is the most, um, like socially awkward one. You know, the, they say that Alex and Getty are like, you know, the more you know chatty, chatty guys. Mm-hmm. I don't even think I think I saw Getty once. Mm-hmm. I never saw Alex, mm. and I never talked to Alex or Getty, but I did. I did get to have a pretty, a pretty dope conversation with. That's cool, man. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that uh, I would have loved if that had happened at least once in uh, my lifetime with with him specifically. Sadly, it never will. But um, you know, that's that's besides the point. But still, that sounds like really cool, man. Just yeah. like something simple and just just talking about whatever you yeah know? and you know i never i never and my whole the whole point of you know me <clears throat> in this job is you know i'm i'm providing a service so if i do go over to some and i'm not just talking about like you know like rock stars like like regular rock stars or whatever like guys who are in big bands now like you know i've gone to you know the actual rock stars houses you know like the guys mm-hmm. from you know uh, I don't want to name too many things, but you know who they are, you know, mm-hmm. and I've been to their, yeah. I've been, I've been to a lot of those guys' houses and yeah. my whole thing is, you know, you try to just blend in with the furniture, you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. when he started talking to me, I was just like, okay, I can say one or two things. I'm not going to fucking, yeah. I'm not going to nerd out as much as I really want to and tell him how yeah. much fucking, you know. Uh, moving pictures means to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> Not going to tell him how much I love hemispheres. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or for like sure. How, that like how I really dug Caress of Steel. I don't care what fucking what anyone says. Yeah, I love you Caress of I mean? Steel. Yeah, that would have been a fatal a fatal flaw on your part, for sure. <laughs> yeah, but you did it. Probably, You're smart. I, I, wouldn't, I probably would have got fired that day, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, man. If it if it didn't go well, it would have fucked you over. So yeah. Yeah. So there's another thing that you and me have kind of in common with Jed, and mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you if you heard it from Jed, but I know I mm-hmm. heard it from Jed, and it's the I infamous. I heard it from Jed. <laughs> it's the infamous Mario the cop. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Very infamous. Would... <laughs> Would you care to explain what it is? No one's no one's caught him yet, and I've tried my damnedest to find out who he is. Um, uh, yeah, so it's like this old tape um, that 
I think Reese Fulber maybe back when uh, Jed was on the road with Frontline Assembly. I think it was back in the early nineties. Um, Reese had this tape, and it was a cassette tape that he had gotten through a friend. I'm not entirely sure who, but I think it might have been Steve Hanford from uh, from uh, Poison Idea, or it was either that or it was from. Yeah, yeah. I think it was maybe Poison Idea who gave it. Anyways, the 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 tape apparently was originally found on the streets in, of San Francisco in a box in the early '90s. This is all shit that I only know because I did some digging. I mm-hmm. really had to dig, but it's found in a box on the street in the side of San Francisco cassette tape, and then it was like basically passed around like a tape trading would. But it's like it was found by some guy. It was given to uh, Poison Idea. Poison Idea gave it to um, uh, Turbo Negro. Turbo Negro actually uh, put this on a record, mind you. They put it on, yeah, they put it on an album. But see, like Jed didn't know that until I found that out like a couple years ago. But that that record's like twenty five years old, which means this tape is at least twenty five years old. And then, so that's the funny thing is like this this tape is pollinated, <laughs> you know, across international borders over the period of like you know a generation right and uh there's like so like poison idea has a song called mario the cop um and then you know somebody uh fuck it was there's somebody from like a local band here in vancouver got it too anyways jed ended up getting it and then uh just absolutely was howling you know listening to this thing and um you know put some samples of it on the first two zimmers whole records of Mm -hmm. just like of this whole thing but it's basically like if uh, if like you know how much we all love Clint Eastwood's one-liners in his movies. It's as if Clint Eastwood was a gay porn actor, and uh, and that's that's basically what you get with Mario the Cop. Except everything every everything he says is a one-liner. Except it's all about like gay sex, and um, or just sex, whatever you want to call. It. But but uh, yeah, he's like arresting a guy, you know, and he's gonna it's make a, a deal with it. Special yeah, a, kind of bust. He's he's give, he's busting him, and he's gonna make a deal with this guy to, so he get so he'll let him off the hook. But he's gotta like you know do some really nasty stuff to get out of it. But his, this guy's delivery is like fucking poetry, man. It's crazy. <laughs> well, so when it when it kind of first starts out, like you're not really sure what to expect because I remember yeah. uh, being on tour with 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 Jed. He would have these fucking one liners, and I and most of them yeah. were from from Mario the Cop, yeah, and. And finally, he was like, oh, I found it. Because, like, he had these, he had, like, actual tapes of it, but he didn't have it digitally. And then I remember on one tour, it was one of our last tours, I think it might have been, like, a tour we did in 2017. He's like, I have it digitally now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wasn't sure if it was because of you or if it was... I think uh, I think so, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and so we started listening to it, and that was the first time I heard it, and I was just like... Jesus Christ, is this where Jed gets most of his material is from this? But yeah. like it's I was I was asking him the other day because I was like, if you listen to the beginning of it, like he's like burping, you know? Yeah. I'm like, is he like yeah. drunk? And just yeah, like he's drunk. Just... <laughs> yeah, yeah. He even says so in the full version. He's like he's like, I had about four booze before I came here. Uh, which which whatever whatever that means. I had about four booze. Like he's drunk, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you would have to probably be drunk before you show up and do that kind of a gig, right? So but it's funny, like you know, you know that song, that uh, "Oh My Fucking God" by Strapping and Lad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
where it's like, get down there and suck my buddy's cock. You know, yeah, that's, yeah. From, that's from Mario the Cop, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, so, get down there and suck my buddy's cock. Yeah, so it's like, you know, and Zimmer's Hole, too, I was like, I'd known these Zimmer's Hole songs for a long, long time. And then, but then it's, and then when I actually heard Mario, I was like, oh my God, that's what this is from. That's from this song. You know, oh my God, that's from this song. This is insane. You know, like, I was just like, it all, it's like my whole, my whole sort of world was pulled apart and then put back together again where a whole bunch of it made sense. And I was like, I was like, oh my God, I understand now. <laughs> well, and then the other day you sent me a couple of videos where you actually portrayed Mario the cop in the yeah. Zimmer's Hole documentary. Yeah, we did, we did, uh, we did a Zimmer's Hole, uh, like, uh, like history of the band kind of thing. Yeah. And then, um, you know, like I played Jed as a, as a young man or whatever. <laughs> and like, our you know, uh, a couple friends from town, uh, you know, just played, played like Byron and, and Byron and Steve Wheeler and, and Val, um, as young men, you know, reenacting when the band first became a band. Uh, and then, yeah, I play, I played Mario when, you know, when it came time to like give an explanation as to what the hell that's all about. So even though nobody asked, you know, we still told him anyways. <laughs> well, so Kalen, my old singer, Kalen, who was the, yeah. the lead singer for Vimic, the band I was in with Jed, um, mm -hmm. you know, we, all of us, and this is, I don't know if this is just like a metal guy thing or if it's just like, like it's, or maybe it's just really that fucking funny. Um, but me and him were listening to it the other day and I didn't have the file on my phone cause I keep it. I don't keep it in Dropbox. Like I keep it in the hard drive of my computer just because yeah. like, that's how safe I want it to be. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I remembered you sent me, you sent me the link to uh, the, the turbo Negro song. Yeah. So I just played that. Yeah. And, uh, the like, full version. Yeah the the full mm -hmm. version I, and i think i've told you this i can only make it about eight minutes yeah. and then it like it starts getting really fucking dark yeah. and i think the main reason why you haven't been able to find anything more than you have found already mm -hmm. is because it's like just to be crass and blunt it's a piss and shit porn it's mm -hmm. a gay piss and shit porn mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> excuse me and uh Let's just say, like, after the eight-minute mark, it starts really going downhill. Have you ever heard the whole thing? I can't, dude. I can't. I, I've, <laughs> I've, I've gagged. I've gagged. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's best to maybe have a couple of drinks. And, and again, for these people who are listening to this, it's not a video. It's, it's just an, an audio. audio. audio it's just track. audio. I, I've never seen the video. And We're trying to I figure out know. what this guy looks like. That's yeah. the only thing. I don't want to watch the video, but I want to yeah. see what Sergeant Russo you, from the 17th wanna, Precinct looks yeah. like. I know. Yeah, totally. Yeah, boy. yeah, yeah. I want to know that too. Yeah, it's 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 one of those mysteries, man. It's like if if someone, you know, I just before I before I die, that's one of those things I want to know. For it's like no, it's totally irrelevant information, like in the grand scheme of life. But I'm like I just, I'm like I I, I want to know. I gotta know who is he? Where did he come from? How did this get made? <laughs> one of my favorite one of my favorite lines from that. It's fairly early. In the in the, and I always crack up laughing. I forget about it until I go back and listen to it. Um, there's a line where he had already handcuffed this guy, and like you said, he can't see it. 
So he yeah. had already handcuffed this guy, and he's like, I want you to undo my belt. He's like, I can't. The handcuffs. And then he just goes, you're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think what I'm going to do is after this, after this podcast, I think I'm going to put the listenable eight minutes. I'm not gonna. Oh, I'm not gonna yeah, get. Yeah. I'm not gonna get too crazy. Like you know, mm-hmm. after the, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah but mm-hmm. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put the first eight minutes. Okay. Of, of Mario the Cop on this at the, at, at the very at the very end. So if people want to hear Mario the Cop, or as I guess he is yeah. actually Sergeant Russo yeah. of the 17th yeah. Precinct, <clears throat> you can listen to the amount of it that I can listen to, and it's yeah. pretty fucking ridiculous yeah it is very graphic by the way so and the yeah yeah disclaimer there for sure very graphic i'd recommend like having a sip of booze before you listen to it because like you know it's it's gonna be tough to swallow but uh and then listen to the first two zimmer's whole records and then you'll be like oh okay i get it i i hear it now that's cool (laughs) Did, did i ever send did i ever send you the song that i put uh that i put the mario sample in front of Mm-mm. I don't know. I, I, I oh. sent it to Jed. I sent it to Jed, and I kind of sent it to anyone who knew the Mario thing. Well, I sent it to Jed, and I'm like, listen, I'm sorry. This is a fucking a strap young lad ripoff song. But, mm. like, the beginning of the song is just like, oh, you ever drink a dude's piss? Uh, well, you're gonna. Yeah, 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 Well, you're gonna. Yeah, I can't. The cuffs are on. Right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, the sun, the sun beats on my badge and makes it hot. Sometimes I can feel it stinging on my chest. Like, that's amazing. That's incredible. I'm going to put it through your tits, man. I'm going to pull it up. That badge is pinned onto my uniform. I might just decide to pull it off and pin it to your tits, man. (laughs) You'd love that, wouldn't you? (laughs) It's crazy. You're straight. Straight as my fucking dick. (laughs) Yeah. So you say you're straight, huh? Yeah. Bullshit. (laughs) Yeah, I'm def- I'm definitely gonna have to put I'm gonna have to put some Mario at the end of this just so people have yeah. a better understanding. And if yeah. you know, you never know. It might they might be like, "Yo, I know where that came from." Well, please, if somebody knows, fucking tell me. <laughs> All right, a serious question though, Ash. Yeah. If someone said, "Yo, dude, I found mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I found where that came from," mm-hmm. would you watch it? Yeah, I would, but I would. Uh, I I've thought about this before, but I would only, only after I had a couple uh, glasses of whiskey, and then I'd and then I'd sit and watch it, it with uh, yeah maybe some some Maker's Mark on ice or something like that. I'd I'd need to like get in the like I get it. I needed to be a little bit numb before I watch it. But yeah, I would I would watch it. Would <laughs> you watch the whole thing? I'd watch I'd watch everything. I I because because I've like listened to it so many times and like I'd you know it might it might spoil the uh the 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 fantasy. <laughs> the the, but, the uh, image the image that you have in your head about what yeah, it, like what it is. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? It's like it's like sometimes things are better left a mystery a mystery, but but uh I, I yeah, I think I'd watch it just because like I don't know, that like I I don't know. I'm like fairly open-minded and you know as as long as no one's you know, I don't I don't ever like watching like videos of people like dying, you know, yeah, like yeah, on yeah. the internet or something like that. It's like, you know, hey, check out this horrible car crash. I'm like, nah, I'm yeah, good. I don't like that you shit know? either, dude. You know? Yeah, Try. it's like that shit fucks me up, but uh 
but you know something like that I, I think i think i'd be able to see the humor in it even though it's fucking like there's some pretty disgusting shit that happens i'd be like well no one's dying here it's just like this guy's going pee pee in this guy's <laughs> mouth <laughs> or whatever i'd be like ah! you know i mean obviously sick sense of humor but uh you know oh, yeah. some part some part of me would think it was funny i think which is maybe you know, I'm not sure that's a good thing at all, but you know, I, I hope the listeners at least give me the benefit of the doubt because <laughs> I'm not a weirdo. I think that this is just a, a very persistently funny mystery. Yeah. And also yeah. The, the, another thing I do want to point out is that uh, some people might take our humor in it um, as being uh, maybe ignorant to the lgbtq lifestyle and i just want to uh -huh. say like that is definitely not the case you yeah. Know? Uh, yeah i believe that metal guys are pr some of the most tolerant people on the planet yeah. i was like for no, sure my older brother's gay you know i don't yeah. i don't care what you do behind closed doors yeah you know and yeah. i don't care who you marry i don't care who you fuck i don't care mm -hmm. i don't care what you identify as you're a fucking human being I just wanted mm -hmm. to get that out of the way because we are mm -hmm. not making a joke of the mm -hmm. LTB, LTGBQ community. Mm -hmm. But once you listen to this, mm -hmm. you will understand it is not his actions, but it's the mm -hmm. shit that he says that make yeah. it's literally some of the best mm -hmm. one-liners. Yeah. I mean, I've that ever heard. Yeah, that well, that's 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 the whole like the whole crux of like why this is like so funny to me and to a few other people is just because like I don't know you know like like every premise has been done in 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 pornography you know what I mean and it's like and the the acting side of it is like is not really much of a there's no real emphasis on like acting it's just like oh hey here's this scenario or a set and setting or whatever but the thing I like about this whole thing is that it's just like the 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 arena that it's in it's like the the whole premise of like you're arresting a guy and like mm -hmm. you're giving him a you know a way to like get out of this arrest or whatever it's like from all the way to the very start to all the way to the finish like they follow through on that premise and it's so it's so just like his execution like of his lines and and everything is just it's all so funny and uh and just like or organic like none of, none of it's rehearsed and he's like a cop the whole way through and he's just like he's he's playing that role to a t and uh i just i'm like man i, I this is an outlier uh you know for for that kind of a, a scenario and everything so it was uh, yeah i don't know what, what, but what it's if, also made its way into music so it's cool yeah uh yeah. so what if the reason why we can't find it is that like what if Sergeant Russo, aka Mario the Cop, mm -hmm. is like a famous actor now. Yeah, and... maybe. Well, I I would recognize his voice. I think yeah. maybe. I, I, Ma like, Mario's. Like... <laughs> Imagine you're just like sitting down one day and like you have something playing on in the background and you just yeah. hear something like "Yeah, boy," and you're just like, "Whoa, yeah. what the fuck?" Oh was that? yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I th I figure that guy's probably dead by now, but um. You know, you never know. I and maybe it was never made into a video. Maybe it was only just ever the audio cassette or something like that. But it's like, I mean, hell, I, I celebrate that fucking thing. I'm not, I'm not, you know, like no one who would condemn that kind of a thing would ever spend that much time like listening to it. <laughs> I mean, I, I celebrate that thing <laughs> as much as I can. <laughs> 
Because I remember we were talking a couple of weeks ago. This is before I asked you to come on the podcast. And you're like, yo, I want to go to Vice. I want to go to Vice, yeah. I want to hit them up and be like, hey, help me with this, please. I need some of your resources. <laughs> I, need, I, need, I need to ask some, some people in, in, the, in the porn industry uh, where they think this might have come from and see if any, see if any of the old guard of uh, porn production uh, knows who this person is because I'm dying to know. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to lie. Like, everyone knows that Conky likes the ladies. I am very comfortable mm-hmm. in my sexuality. I have, I mean, I probably haven't done as much research as Ash, <laughs> but I have tried to look up Sergeant Russo of the 17th Precinct multiple mm-hmm. times on different search yeah. engines. And like, you're, you could be right. This could not even be a video. It could just yeah. be audio. Yeah. Like some yeah. weird, uh, you know, audio smut from, mm-hmm. I mean, it, mm-hmm from i don't know what that's got to be late 80s early 90s exactly yeah i'm gonna say yeah. late 80s yeah 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 and you know besides besides the 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 sexual preferences and the and the scenario that's happening in it it's just like the other thing that's fascinating to me is that it's like it's like made its way uh like like musicians have paid tribute to that tape um unbeknownst to each other over the period of like 25 years in different parts of the world. And I also find that to be like fascinating how so like, that's like how did, it doesn't get much more underground than that. You know what I mean? So who, who did you say was the first one to do it? Well, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but it's like, you know, poison idea and turbo Negro and then poison uh, idea, and turbo then, Negro. Yeah. yeah. And um, then, um, Zimmer's and hole, Zimmer, Zimmer's hole, strap Strapping you lad. lad. Yeah. 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 And uh, Reese Reese Fulber, I think, knows uh, all about it too. He produced, you know, well, yeah, some Fear Factory stuff and whatever. So he's a producer. I've never talked to Reese about it before, but I'd like to. <laughs> Just, uh, no well, Reese knows. Reese did the first. Uh, I think that's how Jed got involved. I'm not sure. Reese mm-hmm. did the first Scar the Martyr record. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Reese Reese did that one, and I've I've always wanted to reach out to Reese to like talk about Mario the Cop. Yeah. But I'm let's, not. Sh- let's have a conference call. Let's have a conference call. <laughs> I don't. I don't really know Reese. I think I met him like mm. once or twice. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, it wasn't like you know we didn't sit there and have long conversations because yeah. you know I didn't know the guy. Yeah. But uh, and I, and at that time I didn't know about Mario the Cop. Uh, yeah. Jed didn't start talking about Mario the Cop I think until that we were like in a band for a couple years. <laughs> Tilly knew you were cool, yeah, <laughs> cool yeah, enough. Yeah. He's like, all right, you're cool enough. I'll show you. I'll show you. Yeah, ways. yeah, yeah. For sure. I'm sure we probably lost. Uh, I'm. We probably lost everybody by now in this podcast. Oh, I, probably... I, I, I really don't care. Yeah, they're probably either like, "What the fuck are these guys talk about?" Like, or they're like, "Okay, enough already." Or they're like, "Oh man, these guys are like pigs or something like that." They're you know. <laughs> Either way, I think we're probably being misunderstood right now. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, anyone who knows me knows that, like, I do have a pretty, I can't have a pretty dark sense of humor and a pretty weird sense of humor. Mm-hmm. But and that's why I'm gonna add some Mario at the at the at the end of this podcast is because do it up. I need people to understand what we're talking about, and instead mm-hmm. of just like giving them this like mytho- mythological creature of Mario the cop. I'm gonna I'm gonna give them the option to listen. 
Yep. Give give them that option, man. Spread the word. It's and again, fucking... <laughs> if anybody knows if anybody knows anything more about this audio, mm. you need to reach out to myself or Ash. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's awesome. So what have you been doing to like keep busy? You know, I know that you are a big touring guy, you know, mm-hmm. as well as myself and you know, there's kind of like no tours to be had at all right now yeah yeah no doubt yeah um honestly i've been really enjoying the break man like you know i've been touring more or less like six to eight months of the year for the last 12 years so basically i've been gone from home for like you know six years in a row you know Mm -hmm. when when you add it all up um and i've been with the same girl for 14 years so you know it's like i don't know it's just nice to have a break and just to be home and be that kind of a guy you know just hanging yeah. out you know every everything else like uh, i'm i mean i'm getting by just like everybody else you know i teach lessons i had one today i have another one this afternoon and um and then i work on television uh as well um i've been in that industry since i was like eight years old um and we have lots of lots of shows that shoot up here um mm-hmm. in in vancouver so yeah, I think I'm I'm doing something tomorrow. Working on on set. I was working last week a bunch, and I really you, still enjoy what, it. What do you do on set? I'm a union actor uh, extra. I'm not an actor. I'm an extra. Uh, oh okay. Yeah yeah yeah. It's it's because it's good. It's low responsibility, and you can like straight up just be like, hey, I'm going on tour for two months, and you don't get fired. It's like it's just like okay sweet well I'll just block out your cal- calendar, and then when you come back, you're like, hey, I'm back. They're like, okay, cool. You know. And then they they put you back to work or whatever, Have and you it's fun. Anything big? Oh yeah, like lots of stuff over the years. Like I don't know, just like you know, just movies and fucking shows and all this shit. But literally, I've been doing it for like over twenty years. So it's like now, now I kind of just like it just I don't know, man. I can't even remember half the shit I've been in because <laughs> like there's been so much uh, stuff, you know. I was yeah. in I was in a really shitty like I wouldn't call it shitty I'm sorry let me let me let me rephrase that I was mm. in a very low budget horror movie last year Hell yeah awesome like super like super low budget like I didn't get paid like mm-hmm. it wasn't yeah. a union gig Yeah and I got murdered Yeah oh cool <laughs> Yeah yeah that's cool If anybody wants to watch it I think you can get it on Amazon Prime it's called Meat Hook Massacre 6 it's literally the last cool. 10 minutes of that movie Oh cool Meat Hook Massacre 6 <laughs> Where'd you say you think it was? Was it on Netflix or something? Amazon. And, really? Oh, yeah, cool. Amazon Prime. No way. It oh, might okay. be I'll free if you have Amazon Prime. I don't know. Yeah, so yeah, if you yeah, want to yeah, watch I'll the t- last 10 minutes, you can see my shitty acting. That's cool. Yeah, I fucking, <laughs> I'd see that. Yeah, man. But yeah, I mean, I'm staying, I'm staying plenty busy with like music, like, I, you know, writing for the new Revocation and like writing for the new Zimmer's Hole and then like two or three other bands, projects that I'm part of playing a band called ritual dictates with my old bass with my old guitar player justin hagberg from uh three inches of blood yep um so him and i you know we work on music and yeah i mean just like mu- musically i got plenty and plenty of stuff to do so that's awesome man at so least you're able cool. to keep busy and you know especially with you doing like the extra work you know at least there seems to be uh i've noticed that more recently too because i work for a music pr- production company i haven't really been doing too much on the music industry side but mm-hmm. shows have kind of figured out ways to like okay yeah. we can start filming again like i'm gonna go pick yeah up for i'm gonna go pick up for a show later tonight that's why i asked if we could bump this a little bit earlier because i have to mm. go to work shortly after this yeah but uh uh 
but that but that's good you know at least you're you know still able to you know get a paycheck because i know yep. like i had no fucking idea what i was gonna do <laughs> yeah once, once they were like oh we can't tour i'm like all right i can't go to oh, work no. because it's yeah. music industry related i yeah. can't tour can't do my main job because mm-hmm. they won't allow touring Mm-hmm. what the fuck am I going to do? Yeah, I know. Yeah. That, that's the other thing. Like I've been enjoying about this period is just like figuring out like what a, you know, what else I'm about besides just like touring. Like I've always like had an idea that like, I mean, I mean, I know I'm, I'm more than just like a drummer in a metal band. So, you yeah. know, I think, I think that's a good thing to, uh, to sit and sort of, you know, pay attention to. Right. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I also like needed more, more outlets. Cause mm-hmm. you know, I'm spending a yeah. lot more time at home and you know, we've been writing for bad wolves three and I've been writing for a couple other side things that like, I don't know if I'm ever going to actually do anything with it. It's more of just like writing shit to write shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, so, you know, and then I have this podcast, which I just, I just started doing again after, you know, about, I think a four year break of, from doing like my own personal podcast. And, um, you know, I'm sure with the everyone has a fucking podcast now like fucking Mm -hmm. you know homie's mom next door has got a fucking podcast Mm -hmm. homie's dog Mm -hmm. down the street's got a fucking Mm -hmm. podcast but i think Mm -hmm. the one thing that'll really shine through if you have a podcast is decent content Mm -hmm. and i think really you know just talking about shit that you like like even if people don't want to hear us talk about fucking mario the cop Mm -hmm. like there might be someone who thinks that this is great you know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to somebody this is this is some top shelf quality yeah. material and it's just and just doing shit that like you know that makes you happy and uh yeah yeah for sure so i started doing like youtube videos as well i started trying to get into like gear demos and yeah. then i noticed that like if i just do playthroughs those get way more views than if i'm talking and demoing mm. a product so i'm just like yeah fuck it maybe i'll just do playthroughs and just yeah. see and just see what happens. Like have you been doing anything on the YouTubes? Um well with Dromeo I was doing a bunch of that shit. Um you know, I still work with those guys. Um uh yeah, the U- the YouTubes like I I got I got my my setups like more or less dialed in, so now I'm just going to I don't know. Just transfer that over from lessons and then just yeah, be recording like play playthroughs and stuff like that because there's so many so much fucking stuff i played over the years bands i played in over the years i figured it'd probably be a good time to just you know get some good like footage of me playing a three inches of blood song a, a revocation song or zimmer's whole song or you know whatever yeah I, i've been i've been kind of fighting that like i've been kind of like i have one playthrough of a bad wolf song and then i've been kind of doing like covers like, so mm-hmm. I did like a nothing more cover. I did a bring me the horizon cover, you know, what have you. Um, and I was talking to one of my, uh, AR guys who endorsed me and, uh, he was like, dude, why don't you start doing covers of shit that you played with your old bands? I'm like, mm-hmm. is that, is that a good idea? Do people want yeah. that? Do people yeah, care? Yeah. Like, do... and then I was like thinking, I'm like, well, if I ever wanted to play anything from Vimic, I have like three songs to pick from because those are the only three that ever released because the album never got released. Oh, it never got released. No, mm-hmm. dude, we recorded that in like no October, November of 2014. And uh, yeah, so it's like almost six years ago. So mm-hmm. at like hurdle after hurdle, or mm-hmm. I'm sorry, four years ago. Um, maybe it was six years ago. I don't fucking know. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was six years ago. Um, so hurdle after hurdle, we weren't, we, we never able to release the album. 
<laughs> and then you know I I left the band to do Bad Wolves and mm-hmm. you know I don't know what any of the other guys are doing. Um, mm-hmm. Jed said he would come on here and we would talk about that and uh, mm-hmm. so we'll see when I can get him on there. Um, but I wasn't really sure if that was if that's like the move, you know, like do mm-hmm. people want to hear me fucking play in this moment songs? Do people want to hear me fucking play Scar the Martyr songs or Vimic songs? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. just kind of doing songs that I like. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I really did want to start doing more of the stuff that was like uh, adding modern, modern you know, technology to like older songs, like, you know, do a rush song, but it's like, I got modern fucking bass tone on it. So, right. So yeah. I'm thinking about doing that, but you know, I'm not really sure. I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm, it's it with, with these times right now, I'm having a hard time finding motivation that isn't yeah. like having conversations with people. You know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I'm more motivated by social interaction right now than mm-hmm. I am creatively. So I think that's just, it's just like a hurdle I'm going to have to jump over and something I'm going to have to figure out. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, enough about me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> well, that's but, all right, um, man. So you guys are working on a new Revo album right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you know, do you guys have, is that like something that's like being recorded or is it just kind of still in its infantile, infantile stages? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, we're not recording anything right now. And like, you know, cause I live up in Canada. So, you know, I'll, I'll, when the time is right, probably sometime next year, then I'll end up, if I can fly over and record it, you know, I mean, worse comes to worse, I can do it here, but you know, Davidson and I works uh, a lot in the studio together. We just like, you know, mm-hmm. just like it's, I mean, him and me are building the foundation in terms of like the drums. So, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of work that we do together. And yeah. uh, so we'll, well, I think we'll have to be in the same room together if it, you know, so that's uh, yeah, I don't know when, basically whenever I can get in to actually record it, hopefully sometime next year. I mean, it, it will probably be written by then, you know, I mean, yeah. we're about, we're about like three, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't even want to give too much away and tell yeah, people how yeah, far along we are. Sure, but sure. you know, we're making progress. You know. Yeah. You know, which I mean, is it shouldn't be a surprise because like we, we're always like coming up with shit like every like two years or something like that. You know, so that's kind of what people expect from us, anyways. And 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 you know, Dave's always like, you know, cooking up riffs and shit like that. So that guy's a monster player, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, I. I mean, I put him pound for pound with like any anybody like. Anybody, be it, you know, I don't know, Tosin Abassi or fucking, uh, I don't know, um, the, you know, the, the homie from Arch Enemy or whatever, not Michael, but Jeff Loomis. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, like I think Dave, Dave's up on, on par with all, all those cats because he's like, he's like, he's got so many like bags of tricks up his sleeve. He's a really good improviser. He's really good at, um, at jazz really good at jazz music and uh he's just like a super accomplished um heavy metal player you know he can he's got a great right hand mm-hmm. and he can solo like a motherfucker and uh yeah i mean i'm not sure what more what much more you want out of a guitar player you know i mean so, you're no slouch either ash you know what i mean well <laughs> we all gotta we all we all get to, we all are all there because we can keep up with him too yeah, yeah, you know yeah. but yeah i'm no slouch either yeah, but I appreciate that. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> of course, bud. So um, we're going to wrap it up here. But uh, 
if you can tell my listeners where they can find you, you know, your YouTube channel, your Instagram, mm. where, where, yeah. where can people find Ash? And especially mm. if they have Mario the Cop news. Yeah, well, <laughs> call 911 if you have Mario the Cop news. Because <laughs> that's very important. <laughs> um, yeah, um, my Instagram is Ash uh, Revocation. Uh, I've tried to change it to like Ash Drums or something like that, but I got a blue check mark, so I can't fucking change it, I guess. Anymore. Oh, you can't but change your name if you have a blue check mark? I, I think so, yeah, that's what I oh, hear. Oh, it's a good thing I haven't changed my name then. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't, you want to um, lose that blue check mark, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's very important. Uh, yeah, so Ash Revocation, and then um, I got like a, there's like a Fans of Ash Pearson like Facebook page. I got my own private one, but it's like, it's pretty much full. Um, and yeah, then, I don't, uh, I don't yeah. have anyone on Facebook anymore. I just I direct yeah. them to either my Twitter, my Instagram. Yeah. I'm just like, just follow yeah. me there. I post yeah. more there anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, and totally. anything anything I post on Instagram is just gonna go. It, that's like it's recycled mm-hmm. over to Facebook. Totally. Like, so you know. so I got Instagram Ash Revocation. Twitter is Ash Pearson two. <laughs> um, uh, I've got a website ashpearson.com. And then uh, if you want to take a lesson, it's uh, ashpearsonlessons at gmail.com. And um, and then YouTube, I think I just, I, I had one and then I relaunched another one. So I think that's just like Ash Pearson YouTube channel or whatever. So you can, you can look all that shit up. Yeah. Now, now just remember, if you want drums from a guy who's learned from some of the best dudes in the business, yeah. which you probably should get drum yeah. lessons from him. Like I know if I was a drummer... <laughs> I would want lessons from Ash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause... I appreciate that. Thanks, man. But yeah. I don't play drums. I, I actually don't like drums whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's not that I don't like drums. I love drums. I fucking yeah. hate drum hardware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being well, a bass it's... player and moving yeah. gear, and especially yeah. working for a music production company yeah. where you, all you have is fucking, like, homies do not put hardware in fucking cases and... I'm just walking around with these fucking racks of fucking drums yeah. or oh, yeah, loose dude. hardware getting kicked in the nuts by a fucking. <laughs> yeah, drums Drums are the most logistical pain in the ass fucking instrument that you could play. But they're also a lot of fun. But um, but yeah, I, I feel your pain on that one. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's one of the reasons why I, because like I said, I love drums, but I'm. I'm, I'm going to program them or I'm going to pay somebody else far away from my house to play them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, totally smart. All right, dude. Well, dude, thank you so much for joining me. I hope, uh, I hope you had a, you had a good time and I hope my listeners found this exciting. And again, if you want to follow Ash, you can at Ash revocation mm-hmm. on Instagram. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I've, I, I also have a, a, a fan page for a band called Don Caballero that I run as well. So people want to follow, follow me with some shit on there too. I've, I've yeah. never heard of that band. So I'm actually, I'm going to check them out on my drive to work. Do you know that band Battles at all? No. Um, it's it's uh, John Stainer from Helmet. Uh, he okay. also plays in, in Tomahawk with Mike Patton. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. And then the old guitar player from Don Caballero. But check out like world-class listening problem or American Dawn or some shit. They're an instrumental band, but the drumming the drumming is like absolutely stellar. But the 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 riffs and everything, it's 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 like as if you know how drums hold down a beat so a song can like soar and do shit. Mm-hmm. It's like almost the opposite where it's like the guitarists hold down the the repetitive pattern 
and then the drums are the thing are the lead instrument which oh, okay which okay. And, and the drumming's amazing but then the the riffs are really cool. They're you know they're in like odd times, and then there's tapping, and then there's like loop pedals and layering and shit like that. Yeah. And some of it's some of it's really really heavy too. Um. So yeah, it's just super interesting shit. So yeah, I run a Don Caballero fan page too. So yeah. There so you go. go follow Don uh, Ash's Don Caballero <laughs> fan page as well. Thank you, Ash. Thank you. thank you so much for joining me, and I hope Thanks, to see Kyle. you soon in person. Yes, that would be great. Appreciate uh, you having me on. Thanks, buddy. For sure. You're under arrest. Put your hands up against the wall. Hey. Come on, put your hands up against the wall, fucker. Don't give me any feedback. Shut up. Oh. Come on, bring it back and spread them, boy. You're under arrest. You get the right to remain silent. That's about it. That badge? Yeah. That's right, boy. That badge. This uniform and these boots. I'm just doing my fucking job. Kneel down. Come on. Kneel down. Kneel, motherfucker. You can't suck my cock without getting the fucking teeth in the way. Like I said, it's a bust. A special kind of bust. For it, boy. Can you dig it? I, uh, yeah, okay, okay, uh, I'll do what you say. Okay, okay. You ever serve a man, boy, huh? What are you talking about? Getting it on. That's what. Sucking cock, licking ass. Hey, come on. Yeah, come on. Okay. Tell me how many times you fantasized about a uniformed police officer, boy, huh? Many. That's right. Hundred, two hundred. Ever since you're a little fucking kid, you've been dreaming about this. Well, now it's coming true, boy. If you cooperate, I'll take the cuffs off. And we'll both have a good time. Why give me a hard fucking time, man? Why give me a hard fucking time, man? Cooperate. What do you? Want? I work hard for a living, boy. Oh. Oh. Okay. If I want a blowjob, you suck. Or my ass licked your lick. That's what I mean. Cooperate. Unbuckle my belt. I can't. The cuffs are off. You're right. You think you're going to be able to get into what I'm thinking about, huh? About it, boy. Do you ever suck a cock? Ever lick an ass? <laughs> you're straight, huh? Yeah. Yeah. About as straight as my fucking dick. Oh. Oh, shit. Oh. Okay. Yes, sir. I'm a big man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay, I'll, 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 I'll do what you say. All right, boy. I've been prancing around in this fucking uniform all day long. The heat's been getting to me. The sun beats on my badge and makes it hot. Sometimes I can feel a stinging on my chest. That badge is pinned onto my uniform. I just might decide to take it off and pin it into your tits. You'd love it, wouldn't you? Okay, okay. That's right, it's more like it. You better uh, yield right away. But I'm going to put them back on in about two minutes. On your balls. Stand up, punk. Come on. Now drop your fucking pants. Yeah. I'm an officer of law. Respect it. Yeah, boy. Yeah, stick those balls and cock out, boy. I'm going to cuff them. Ow. Yeah, shut up, punk. Oh. Shut up. You'd rather I kick you in the nuts? No, no. And just stand there. Stand there and accept it. Ow. Yeah. How about I stick it through your tits, man? Did you suck somebody's cock and get caught? No. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past you. Now kneel down. Come on. Yes, sir. Like I said, I've had this fucking uniform on all day long. I'm hot. I'm sweaty. I need a break. Yeah. Unbuckle the belt. Yes, sir. That's it, boy. Now take off that fucking sweatshirt. Pull it off. 
Let me see those tits. Unzip the zipper. Oh! With your teeth. The hell do you think you are putting your fucking hands on me, criminal? Yeah, boy. You ain't, boy. You ain't got no fucking rights. Yeah. Yeah, motherfucker. Right on. Undo the holster. Real easy. Yeah. Right on. Ah, motherfucker. I ain't playing games here. Now bend over. Oh! Fuck yeah, boy. Oh! Yeah. Oh! Ah. Oh! Yeah, baby, that's it. Oh! Yeah. I'll whip that motherfucking butt till it looks like a piece of red cardboard, punk. Yeah. Get back down on those knees. Come on. Are you going to tell anybody about this? I ain't even started yet. I'm primarily interested in getting my fucking ass licked. Making you drink a little piss. Sniffing my smelly armpits. Go ahead. Sniff them, boy. Give them a sniff. They're all fucking sweaty. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Main season seven, boy. I'll get on the other one. Sniff it out real good. That's it. Eat that meat, punk. Yeah. I know you dig it. Uh, I'll get back down on your knees, boy. Sniff my fucking crotch. Uh, yeah, you love it, don't you? Yeah. It smells like piss and cum, doesn't it? Yeah. Huh? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Once in a while, I pull over on the highway and jerk off. Yeah. And I just put my cat back into my jockstrap. Come on. Like I said, I've had this uniform on all day. Take it all the way off, pants too. Yes, sir. boy. See? We get along just fine, guy. Yes, Take sir. the stinky fucking socks off and stuff them in the boots. Come on. Stuff them in those big, tall, black leather boots. Yeah, yeah I want to watch you grovel on your hands and knees, boy. Oh. All right, now get up. Kneel right before my crotch. What do you see, huh? Huh? See a big crotch. Jockey shorts and a bulletproof cup. Yeah. That's what you see. Why don't you peel off the jockey shorts to see what's underneath? Yeah. Uh-huh. A jockstrap. Yeah. And that ain't all, punk. A jockstrap with a 10-inch fucking dong behind it. Yeah. Look at that bulge, punk. Sniff it. Smell it. Come on. Taste it. Lick it. That's right, boy. Yeah. Just what I need. Yeah, I figure I just might let you go free, punk. You keep up this kind of action. Get a load of that butt. Look at that hole. Check it out. Lick it. Come on. Get your tongue on my ass, punk. Oh, fuck. See what you did, boy, huh? You see what you did? Yeah. Look at that. That's what I call a pistol. A rock-hard wrought iron pistol. Look yeah. at that rod. Big, hard dick. I bet you'd like to suck it, wouldn't you, straight boy, huh? Yeah. Yeah, so you say you're straight, huh? Huh? Let's hear it. Yeah. Yeah, motherfucker. Yeah. Bullshit. <clears throat> Put it in your mouth and suck on it. I got a good mind to use you for a fucking toilet. Let me see the color of your tongue, boy. You ever drink a guy's piss, huh? No. Yeah. Well, you're gone. I like to watch a fucker kneel down on his hands and knees and... drink the fucking piss out of my cap. 
like a dog slurping up water out of a bowl. Well, there you have it. That is the infamous Mario, or as my Canadian buddies say, Mario the cop. Um, I edited probably out the last six minutes. There's more. But I can't listen to it. I can't listen to the last six minutes. And if you've made it this far, congratulations. Seriously. Um, I know it's it's sick. We have we definitely have a sick sense of humor, but the one-liners are just too. They're too fucking funny, man. And uh, you know, I might get some shit for this episode, and if you just can't laugh at some of the shit that he says, if you made it through it or even listened to it at all, I mean, come on. It's pretty fucking funny. Anyways, thank you guys for tuning into the podcast. Uh, feel free, I mean, if you don't already follow my Twitter or my my Twitter or Instagram, you can uh, follow me at KSConkeel, Twitter, Instagram, you can check out my merch store, which is kyleconkeel.bigcartel.com. I know I'm going to make a domain. So it can just be like kkmerch.com or something like that. I don't know. Something easy and simple. People remember instead of just like kyleconkeel.bigcartel.com. And uh, I, I did not add any sponsors to this episode. I just, I didn't even mention anything about sponsors on this episode because I don't know. I don't know. This was this, this was a, a, a fun one, and uh, I did have to edit um, Ash's audio a little bit. Uh, we were doing it via Zoom. Typically, I'll ask people to have some sort of microphone or earbuds, um, but he actually recorded it from his phone, but I just wanted to make it... There's a lot of noise in the background, so there is like a, a noise gate, so you can kind of hear it kind of popping in and out, but I did the best I could with what I was given, and I had a really good time talking with Ash and talking about, uh, you know, his origins from Gene Hoagland to shit like fucking Mario the Cop. Like, um, but yeah, I will see you guys next week. And if you would like to sponsor an episode of the podcast, please feel free to hit up my DMs on any of my social media networks or shoot me an email over at JustSTFUPodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, my friends.